Hello, and welcome to Reptory Screenings, episode 78. I'm your host, M. With me is my regular host, Jackson. What up, what up, what up, what up, podcast? Oh, you're loud. And Destiny. Hello. And turn everyone down. Okay, we're here. Talk about movies. That's so uh, true. What's everyone's thoughts on the Sight and Sound 100? Um, no, we'll save this. We don't have the, we'd have nothing to say. Uh, I think all... All of the discourse about whether movies are accessible can... Uh, pfft, shut up! No one cares! Go watch a movie! Shut up! It's just Stop a movie. It's just it. a movie. Um, I, everyone who's saying the argument is stupid is... I, I know what side I'm on. The side is that the argument is dumb and that I'm I don't... Just, I guess I haven't really seen the argument. I did, like, retweet a stupid tweet about it just now, but... Yeah, what's um, the argument? I don't know anything. I, I've, all I know is what's on the list. I don't actually know any opinions it's a, just uh, about it. Put in, um... Uh whatever the what's her name the, what's Sean Dillman Sean Dillman yeah I was like I don't remember what their name the one I, I've been threatening to do for up screenings literally since we started yeah but now now it's way less cool to recommend it so no, we're still gonna do it I still want to watch it and the only way I'm gonna do it is if I'm forced to do it because it's four hours long but I do want to watch it I think it sounds great um and uh it getting number one hit like a bunch of like people arguing about don't get mad at me if I don't want to watch that. I'd rather watch accessible movies. Uh, what did some plant like some jerk off uh, movie like Vertigo? Like who gives a shit? I, I don't. I don't understand it. None of this matters. It's also it's not a it's not a like it's not an award. It's a poll. It's like a measure yeah, of it's consensus. A it's a poll. Um, which is has its, it has its uses, uh, but it's not like a definitive tastemaker thing. Uh, and also, it's not that bad. You know, I looked at the list of the movies and like most of these are movies that people like a lot, and I don't like all of them, but I trust that. On average, there's some pretty good movies on here. I don't know. Yeah. It's not worth all of the people posting about it. Sometimes we're just posting to be to post. And okay, yeah. So Citizen Kane was number one. For 40 uh, years. Yes. And then was supplanted by Vertigo. I remember when that happened. That happened yes. in 2012. Yes. And I was like, that's a downgrade. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the sight and sound list compared to the like AFI and the BFI lists, I guess. Well, those are lists by like publications. The Science Soundness is a list of a poll collected from critics and directors. Okay. Thanks. This this is what makes the difference. Is it's 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 a data driven collection of various like submissions. Look, oh. I um I haven't watched it. We're going to someday. I know we will. But um I'm sure it's better than Vertigo. Vertigo's fine, but it's Vertigo. Like who gives a shit? I the like thing, Vertigo. The thing about this is like. Oh, I think it's, it's good. Uh, apparently, it's only submissions by directors. The poll. I didn't realize that part. Just letting him um, the, literally, the thing here is that there's only been three other movies that ever won the poll, and it's Bicycle Thieves, then Citizen Kane for forty years, and then Vertigo. Um, so it's like you can you can shake it up a little bit. What 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 do the critics want it to be? Do they want to just go back to be fucking Vertigo again? Do they want to be Avatar this time? Like no, what no the fuck? one, no one. There's no like. I think everyone just wants to have an argument about it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Enjoy the movies you like, and if the, you don't like a poll, who cares? I don't know. This has been a particularly like uh, annoying couple of days. It's reminded me of how Jason I am to film Twitter because I remember when I was in these fights, and uh, it was. I dumb. just feel like film Twitter can't stop. Po they're too busy not watching movies and posting <laughs> to enjoy film, um, like fucking touch grass. Uh, but yes, it's it's all. It's all silly. I don't know. The, 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 like, the minute you're actually getting mad at a poll, and not even a poll that like said something that's factually wrong, it's like, this is a beloved classic film. It's like, finally, like a woman director, of which there are still very few got on the list, top of the list. It's like, what are you, what are you mad about? 
Well, now it's it's not even about the poll itself. That it has spun off into like three steps removed discourse about accessibility and whether it's intellectually gatekeeping to say you have to watch the the slow movies of boring people or whatever. I don't I don't know. It's it's I don't know how the argument's progressing. It's just a very Twitter argument that I don't have all the context for, and it seems bad faith on many sides. Yeah, watch go watch a movie. If you want to watch a if you want to watch like a loud bombastic and shallow ninety minute movie, watch those. Enjoy those. Who cares? This list does nothing. To, like the people are already watching those movies is the thing. You don't need a list to like finally get you off your ass to do it. Um, the part where this movie's been on our list for three and a half, like two years or whatever, because it's three and a half hours long. Um, yeah, sometimes you need a push. You know. Many of the movies we watch this podcast are we only watch because we gave ourselves a push, right? We're always like, "Oh, I want to watch this, but I've never got around to it." Uh, that's the that is the purpose of having a podcast like this. Yeah, exactly. I think there's value in that. Some 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 movies are a little work. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, you um, gotta make it, It's still just a movie. You just sit down and you watch it. It's not that hard. <laughs> if you <laughs> don't like true. the boring ones, stop watching the boring ones. You can turn them off. Yeah. Anyway, that's the. Uh, what's happening on Twitter segment? Uh, we're not keeping the second round because no one, it, it's just us complaining and won't be relevant after four minutes. Um, so. Yeah, no, this one in particular annoyed <laughs> me though. A bit. But, but there we go. Um, movies. Jackson, have you watched anything? I've, I've watched some movies. I didn't know if you'd watch anything. You're like, oh, you watch the movies? I've watched a couple movies. I watched Tar. Oh, right. You did watch Tar, uh, which I quite like. That is a good, good movie. Um, it is just. I don't, just really, I don't really go in for biopics, unfortunately. Shut the fuck so. up! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> it is not a biopic. It is like a, it's a it's a comedy, I guess. Dra- comedy drama. Well, no, it is a it is it is a drama, and it's also like a dry comedy, but it's not a comedy drama as a you know known genre. Yes. Uh, yes. It is a dryly funny drama, I guess. Yes. Uh, about uh, Lydia Tarr famous composer that everyone's making joke tweets about um that i had heard had a crazy ending and i was like i have to see it before i figure out what it is Uh, and i literally called it word for word in a shit post i was making as the movie was started so that's how that went down (laughs) Um, um that was very funny that it ended up working out that way (laughs) yeah uh but i mostly really liked it i was it was a very good movie um uh i think the sign of a like very good uh, just like drama and we know how dramas are hard to categorize in like genre um the sign of a good one of those just about people going through a situation is that you look at all the reviews from all your friends and all of them are convinced it's about their personal like favorite lens <laughs> to uh, apply to movies i watch it and i'm like this is a great movie about like personal morality is a kind of invented concept to deal with the nebulousness of how like institutions uh and like and our access to power shapes both our abilities to do things the consequences we receive and how like behavior is navigated and you know thing boring materialist ways that i'm interested in things someone at my other friend watching like this is all about catholicism and like guilt and how to process that and other people latching really onto like some of the identity politics cancel culture stuff in this movie which i think honestly is broadest and cringiest parts um you always think that to be fair it's it's pretty there's one there's there's a there's a scene there's a scene in this fucking movie uh which is a bit is a bit ridiculous, but it's also like extremely a mirror. Uh, everyone comes away with it from it thinking whatever they uh, you know 
uh whatever their preconceptions politics about those ideas are um and i think that's good i think it's just a very good sit with these characters watch the situation play out uh movie i like when there's a lot of dense stuff to think about but it's not like there's no there's no solution in the middle i'm not gonna like solve tar and figure out this like profound work of art that's keeping secrets from it it's just a good drama that you watch you enjoy you laugh a lot you chew on it it's good i liked it a lot okay um and then i watched in the mood for love uh because i had heard yeah those, uh i heard it i assumed the movie we we're about to cover was m- more direct and it's like doing film pastiches um, yeah it's not so i didn't actually need to f- like for work watching the mood for love but i'm glad that i watched in the mood for love it's a great movie that could happen to me if i was one of the hottest people on earth um that noodles yeah it's it's pretty fucking good i don't know that's what it's like it's what it's like to go into the pub in the rain every day i mean yeah if i could eat noodles in the rain (laughs) i'd be happier than i am now that's for sure desperately need someone to have uh fraught bad relationships with um (sighs) yeah fair enough but no, it's it's just good. It's just a good movie. I don't have much to say about it, right? It's very, very open and earnest about the things that it's about, an expression of very direct emotions. But those emotions are like very repressed in yes. in themselves. Uh, but it's not like communicating uh, super complicated things. It's uh, just a very powerful, good one of those. I assume everyone's fucking seen it. It's in the movie Love. I'm glad I f- finally saw it. It is not. A- I would not call it one of the greatest movies of all time. Like some people do. Um, but that's just personal, like how it hit. It, it's fucking great. It's fantastic. I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, me and Destiny watched a movie together. Let's on Thanksgiving. go. We watched James Wong's second greatest cinematic masterpiece, The One. No, it's better than Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> You're right. It is better than Dragon Ball Evolution. But I don't need to like defend the one. Everyone knows it's good, and I do need to defend you know, Dragon Ball Evolution. That's true. You did you did used to defend the one, but now anyone who remembers the one is on team the one. Yeah. And everyone likes Final Destination. I don't have to do any work for that. Well no, um, that's just a classic of cinema. Yes. Um but uh, I hadn't seen this movie since it was kind of new, and I, I I always loved it. Watched it on cable a bunch, and then like I told you to watch it years ago, and you watched it. We're like, it's great, and then I just never got around to actually doing it myself. Um, and it's great, it, uh, Destiny. You have not seen it before, so I'm gonna let you talk about no, it. No, I hadn't seen it before, and I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was gonna be about multiverses, and what I didn't expect was the most 2001 movie ever made in 2001. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, this has a lot of great music in it. <laughs> um, it has uh, Let the Bodies to the Floor. Um, in the opening five minutes, it has the Let the Bodies yes. to the Floor. Just, yeah. It's so 2001. Uh, I love it. It has, it has Down with the Sickness. Yep. Down with the Sickness, yep. And, and it has Papa fucking Roaches. Last Resort, yes. Last Resort, yes. It's and like so... it was released direct to Newgrounds. It's, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious. And it has one of my favorite things, which is a sequence where they just show the different Jet Lees throughout the multiverses, and they all have different hair. They all have, they all have wigs. bad wigs, yes. Yeah. There's a Rasta which, Jet Li in there. It's good. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I uh, really wish our movie that we're going to talk about had more bad wigs, but uh, <laughs> that was... I had fun. I uh, really didn't know what to expect, but I had a good time. Um, yeah, I remember it being like alarmingly post Matrix. Um, 
I, re- I remember the final conversation have, happening in the like big spark shower that like slows down. And I'm like, I hope that holds up like, and computer graphics in the movie are bad, but it does hold up. It's still pretty good. Cause Jet Li is a fucking hero and can carry anything. Um, yeah. He doesn't actually get to do that much fighting in this movie because it's mostly about like wire, like big jump wire stunts and like poses. But um, when he does get to do stuff, it's sick. He's still Jet Li. <laughs> the ending of this movie is hilarious. Like, it's, it gave me everything I wanted. It's electric. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so good. It's, it's so good. Like, it just builds up to something ridiculous and bombastic, and it's just, it's the best. It is the best. Yeah, that part still also held up really great, because, you know, he, he ports into the, the prison universe's, like, big Shao Kahn temple, and just starts bullying all of the prisoners, and uh, when he starts to fight Dusty, he's like, I hope this is how this ends, and then you get the amazing, like, one-minute pull-out shot. <laughs> and then Last Resort starts playing. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Perfect. It's so funny. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. I just, I had a good time. Um, I had not, at the time, I did not know him when I first saw this. I forgot Jason Statham was in this, and he's playing, like, we have, we have John McClane at home, is, like, basically who he's playing. (laughs) He's got this awful, very shoddy American accent he's trying to do, and he's just like Ursad's Bruce Willis the entire time, and it just doesn't work for him at all. He looks like a baby also. Yeah, he's such a baby in this. Jason um, Statham, like before Chav Chelios, just feels like a fake person. Like the yes, persona's yes. not there yet. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I because I haven't seen the Transporter movies. Like I've seen Lock, Stock, and Snatch or whatever, right? But um, that's just different. That's just different. It hits different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's in that Italian Job remake. Um, that's kind of that is also pre-crank. You know, he's just one of the guys in that. It's like him and fucking Seth Green. It's not a great movie. Fucking Mark Wahlberg. What a weird. Yes, the Mark Wahlberg Italian job. Should remake Italian job again. Um, they should. I mean, the 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 remake Italian job doesn't. It's like a whole new story. It's just called the Italian job. So they should just do that again. No, but I would I would be down to see a car chase with some new whatever twenty twenty two minis look like. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, but that I am I've been gaming mode still, so no movies for me. Uh, Dusty, do you have anything else? I watched a couple. I watched two movies about free jazz because the Criterion channel for November or was it December? No, I can't remember, but one of their collections. You've not watched in the last two days, so no, it's not for December. Okay, yeah, that's right. It was either November or October. They decided to bust out a bunch of movies about free jazz. So I watched Sun Ra, A Joyful Noise from 1980, which pretty much just follows... Uh, Sun Ra and his orchestra while they like do different shows and like you know how Sun Ra talks he's just you know history is his story and not my story and history never repeats itself unless it does if you don't know who Sun Ra is you should go watch some Sun Ra videos that guy is a lot <laughs> yeah he's he's a lot he's an interesting fellow uh, he's from Saturn yeah. um, <clears throat> he has this Essentially, a cult of musicians that tour with him, uh, and he wouldn't allow them to... No drink, no drugs, no women. And they were so, you know, in line with his vision that they, like, listened to this and and played some, like, amazing, weird, Afrocentric jazz music. Um, The other movie I watched about free jazz 
was the um oh hold on a second where did it go fire music from 2018 directed by tom sergal which is just sort of like a history of free jazz and they like interview a bunch of different people that were involved in the movement and you hear a bunch of different stories about some of the people involved and it's just a really cool like it's a genre i know nothing about i'm kind of listening to jazz but free jazz is like a whole nother animal so um it's it's been fun it's been fun to watch those and kind of hear some sounds i wouldn't usually hear sunrise also featured in the fire music movie um and they talk about how out there he was and how some people wanted like nobody else would play with or sunrise band wouldn't play with any of the other bands and like all the other bands were like jamming together but no sunrise people just played with sunrise But yeah, those are the two movies I watched. All right. Uh, let's get into our movie then. Our movie this week is Everything Everywhere All at Once, a 2022 movie directed by the Daniels, which is Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, uh, starring Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Sue, uh, Kehu Kwan, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, James Hong, many other people. Um, Jackson, what happens in this movie? Okay. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh michelle yo is evelyn uh who is a, a uh uh you know uh owner of a um laundromat uh immigrant chinese woman uh who has eloped to the united states uh with her husband waymond many years ago and uh they have a daughter they've been living here for years you know it's the present day now uh the economy is not that hot the banks on their ass about their taxes that they're exploiting in in shitty ways um and uh her daughter joy is gay and she's not really like putting them up the chain putting that up the chain to her father she's like protecting uh the family from knowing about this trying to uphold tradition or whatever uh and she's rude and petty to joy uh and that's kind of the situation in the domestic life uh as um oh also her husband wants a divorce because she's kind of an asshole sometimes uh and uncaring to everyone uh character established uh <laughs> waymond turns into alpha waymond who i, I says that the multiverse is collapsing because of uh what's uh her name jobu tupaki uh an entity that can see all universes uh is threatening all versions of her who are being murdered and he needs to find the perfect best version of her to finally fight off uh this existential threat uh this existential threat of jobu tupaki is obviously uh her daughter joy uh in all the universes who uh succumbs to nihilism um and like worships the religion of the everything bagel uh the is what if all things were one thing and nothing mattered and it is consuming all of the multiverses uh through a bunch of fight scenes and random stuff uh in many universes uh the main evelyn character uh learns to uh first of all fight and be confident and then second of all uh be kind towards the people in her life uh and is able to reach uh her daughter and her husband and say thankful for her husband and say i'm sorry to her daughter uh and make a connection and bring her back from the edge of nihilism uh as they also the million other subplots with every other character in the movie doing kind of similar things uh as this all resolves 
and the multiverse slips away into the background and we finally have return to the domestic life and she is no longer as cold about it and returns to the irs meeting like actually paying attention this time and not just being shitty <laughs> and the end life continues yeah that's close enough there's like a lot of digressions but like that's the core of the movie is very simple learning to you know uh be open and accept to be nice in a universe where nothing matters yeah um that's fair how do we want to approach this so this is a movie that like i feel like when it hit like broadly everyone loved it and then like most a lot of people i know really didn't but i didn't know how much that was a reaction to it just being like way too popular which happens with movies that are way too popular um and so i was like i want to watch it myself also we'd watched list mania and i and no generously nobody watched that listen to that episode which is a bummer because it's really good uh and i was like i'm gonna pick something that's gonna get bring the people in <laughs> yeah the people have heard of people talking about in the discourse so thank so thank you yes uh for listening if you haven't uh, check out the old episodes we watch a lot of bangers most of the movies we watch are better than this one <laughs> that's so true <laughs> i say that uh i i ended up so this is weird i think this movie is like mostly pretty decent but like too cute by half about it um there's a bit here where, like, in the d description of writing it, they, they're like, they were they were writing the movie, and then the second season of Rick and Morty hit, and they were like, we can't watch Rick and Morty anymore because they're doing the same thing we're doing. And at that point, you have to stop. <laughs> oh, we've been shown up by Rick and Morty, <laughs> Rick and season Morty. two. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, that, like, that just, like, encapsulates everything that I, I find, like, both, like, frustrating and like annoying about this movie in a lot of ways um the daniels is supposed they're, they, they're like music directors who also did uh swiss army man which i haven't seen um and um this in doing like a bunch of like oh she's she's pulling her stuff from a bunch of universes thing when it's not like important plot stuff like the there will be love or they're in the mood for love universe um which we'll talk about um it's just a lot of like one-off gags where like, oh, in this place, everyone's got hot dogs for fingers, which was really funny the first time. And they go back to 20 times um, or uh, the one that's like Ratatouille. But the the the, the it's, it's not a it's not a rat. It's a raccoon voiced by Randy Newman who controls a guy. Um, just a lot of weird stuff like that. The non There's a whole bit about who's going to jump on a butt plug butt first to power their superpower. Because they got to do goofy random shit. They got to be um, random XD to do their time travel powers or their, their, their multiversal powers. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because, like, I think those jokes are, like, the kind of stuff that I don't particularly like. It's very, it's very like, Rick and Morty-esque. But then once a guy does jump on the butt plug, he has a really good, well-choreographed martial arts fight with Michelle Yeoh. It just happens to be that, like, his junk's blurred out and there's a butt plug hanging from his ass, right? I would, um, I would not. I would not give it the description really good well choreographed. I would say they are look in the modern era of for okay. Hollywood production, it's really fucking good. Are you kidding me? It's it's okay. Yeah, sure. But like I'm not Put it, it it the worst fight in this is better than any Marvel movie that has ever happened. Yeah, but I'm like That's I'd probably true. prefer a John Wick fight to this one. Uh, the, no, because John Wick fights have guns and this is martial arts, and martial arts are cool than guns. That's true that is true, but uh I, I, I don't think you can compare those movies. things. If, if you compare it to Marvel movies, yeah, of course it's fucking revelatory, but it's not 
I think actually, everything about this movie feels aimed at bringing people who watch a lot of superhero movies into a movie that has real themes. That is true. That is true. And on that level, I think it's like pretty good, even though like, you know, I'm like, I could just watch, I could just watch a Michelle Yeoh movie that she made before this all happened. Right. Yes. <laughs> and have a good time. Um, but um, I say that to say, like, I think like the actual like themes of the mother daughter stuff is like pretty good. And I, I like so a, a good amount of that. I, th- I think like, I like the rock universe. I think like when it stops and like just has characters communicating, um, it works even with the like cutesy humor. Um, so I guess I'm like up and down, but mostly positive, but like I, I read this like a strong three on letterbox, like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. those are my thoughts. Destiny, what did you think? I loved it. I thought it was really, um, Oh goodness. Okay. So I didn't, okay. I'll start with what I didn't like. The humor was so excessive. Like, Sometimes it worked, like, the hot dog universe thing was stupid, but then when you realize that the way that they meet in the hot dog universe is to stick the hot dogs in each other's mouths and, like, spread out mustard, um, that was funny. Uh, but, like, it was just a lot. It was just a lot, and it didn't really need that, I think, to have an emotional core, um, because the stuff near the end where, like, she's realizing, like, the way her husband fights and the way that uh, her daughter feels and she's coming to terms with all of this. I thought all of that was handled really, really well, but everything around it was kind of messy. Um, but I liked all that stuff near the end so much that I'm willing to forgive a lot of the flaws. And <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, so that's where I kind of landed. Yeah, I was kind of the resident hater, which I feel bad about because, like, <laughs> I you, 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 every time I say, "Oh, Jackson's the hater," you're like, "No, I'm not." But yes, you are. <laughs> I don't. I'm always the hater. Um, <laughs> I don't think you came across as a hater of this. You just didn't like it as much as I did. Uh, I, I thought I didn't expect either of you to like it as much. As I, did. <laughs> I, I thought the mother-daughter stuff was like really patterned for straight. I think the like grand nihilism metaphor uh, smooths out a lot of the rough edges that actually would come from trying to dig into this relationship. Um, uh, I think that the last half an hour of this movie uh, is uh, an ex- just exhausting. I, I, I think it's like everything I hate about my screenwriting course as every, literally every single character, every single image, every single tiny gag is paid off in a grand swelling emotional catharsis. Uh, and I'm like, you only needed to pick one. You could pick one. You got to pick one. You pick your one moment. You make it. Everyone cries. It's the end of the. Mi- they did like twenty of those in a row for thirty minutes. Why do you keep going back to the fucking raccoon? Shut up! I don't care. You have main characters to deal with. Um, so I was just like worn down uh, by the. But she had to fix everything in every universe, <laughs> including the raccooniverse. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think I like. <sighs> I was shocked, um, not shocked, but like at the end, one of the one of the early gangs they do set up is she's like, I can't tell you about uh, uh, that you're gay. Like he'll he'll die, he'll die on the spot, and he'll be dead, and you'll have killed him uh, if I tell my dad that you're gay. Uh, and uh, that's just like a thing that's in the way. And so when she finally tells him uh, that she's gay, like 
two hours later, I expected, oh, he's going to have a heart attack and die right here. It's going to be a very funny joke. Uh, but no, instead, they're like, he's immediately like uh, hanging out with her girlfriend in the wheelchair and they're playing together. And I'm like, oh, I guess he's fine. There was no homophobia, actually. It was all this one thing easily solved. We're done, done with that problem now. All, all fixed. Uh, and it like abandoned even abandoned the gag I was like there could be funny gags here and i think that like the end of the movie was all they were all going for these big emotional swings in a row and only a few of them really hit i can't i like the one with her husband i think the one with the husband worked the best uh where she realizes that the husband is just nice and not actually mm. a pushover uh weirdo um but there's like 25 minutes of more of those moments that are lesser after that one and it just keeps going I like that she learns to love Jamie Lee Curtis, like <laughs> the most unlovable, disgusting person in the movie, and and she learns to find something lovable about her. I, I thought that was really sweet. But yeah, no, I ate up the emotional content. I really did. Um, my thing is the mother-daughter stuff is like, I think that's like the thing I, I like about it, but it also rests upon doing a lot of like shorthand where like at the beginning they have the whole like meeting it goes really badly or whatever and she goes to leave and uh evelyn goes to stop her and it's like about to like try to like level with her and just can't bring herself to be emotionally open in that way so she falls back on like being like oh you are getting fat you need to eat better which is like this is how she knows how to show that she cares it's like you know maladaptive communication strategies whatever 101 but that is like part of it and at the end of the movie they call back to it but they don't do any of the heavy lifting to connect to like this is the emotional like this is what she's just used to in like her emotional connection it's like i i get it i've read the joy luck club and you should read that it's really good uh about mothers and daughters specifically in this like you know first generation immigrant and then the daughters they have in america and how the communication gets strained um because of the culture gap um and i think the movie's like pulling on that but doesn't do any of the heavy lifting for that um thing i do like is uh as someone who regularly is like I I don't know. I don't know if there's any reason for living and get nihilistic. I do appreciate the seeking someone to show up. Like you desperately just want someone to like bring you an answer. Cause I don't have one. Um, and when I'm depressed, I'm like, no, no one can help me. Um, the idea of a parent is like bigger than my parents, which are bad. And I don't talk to one of them and one of them is dead. Um, and just like casting about for like in all the universes, there's someone who can like give me an answer an authority I could trust. Um, that hit real good for me because that's exactly the way my depression and nihilism manifest. Um, I don't, I don't have to become a weird multi-dimensional joker to be that way. <laughs> um, and weirdly it's weird. Cause I think that stuff is like the peak of like, Oh wow. Random when she like attacks all the guards in the, in the hallway, but also it's that. And when they fight and they like jump universes, like with every hit are the one time the movie, like really opens up what the potential for this scenario could be. And I feel like, you know, we don't need to go back to hot dog universe six times. I'd rather it just have been every gag you only see once. Like we never, like maybe outside of the Wong Kar universe, because that one's kind of important for the themes or whatever. You never go back to anything. Um, everything's a one-off. Because at least then it being like a gag movie makes more sense. Um, mm -hmm. And they have to find the oh. emotional resonance in a place where you just never, you never go back because there's too many. Um, and uh, when you, when you, when you talk about like, because this movie isn't about, it's not like the one, the one's about two universes, right? Um, and like you look at your Marvel movies that are multiverse movies and they're like maybe three or four universes. This is like literally about the, the, the despair that comes by contemplating infinity and it just doesn't show infinity enough. 
uh, I think is the thing. And it just uh, is too busy, like doing callbacks, um, which is like, I assume that like me mean is why people like it, but I like something that was a little weirder about that stuff. It makes it harder to like reach for. Um, I mean, centers. it's extremely like a movie that is um, not difficult, I guess. Like it's over. Yes. I, I was, it is sort of like, this is a kind of absurd, crazy premise, right? Uh, well, yeah, but then it, it my biggest complaint in this movie is it spends literally like a good half hour explaining the thing they already explained to you about how the multiverse works. Yeah, I, I think I was in a damn like I was not prepared for like the percentage of this this movie by volume that is Star Trek Voyager exposition. Uh, as everyone said, they look like it's some kind of multiversal event uh, at back at each other for about half an hour. Um, yes. <laughs> and I was like, I get it. No, they're different. I, no, don't worry. I'm there. I'm, I'm watching the movie. You don't have to keep explaining. Like, I, I had no questions. Also, your logic. I don't know why you'd spend so much time explaining the logic when the logic is you got to be random to do different things. Like, uh, it just seems like a wasted effort when you could be showing me more interesting actual scenes and not just exposition yes. of the like logistics of this multiverse. Yeah. Um, and it and it ends up bogging down the movie because it, it's it ends up becoming so long uh, due to how much explanation they shove in it. Uh, you can cut a you can cut an hour out of this movie easy. Yes, I think that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, it's weird because like that the stuff about like you have to do things that are out of character to to cause yourself to like leap into another universe, or whatever could be um, part of like the great like the grandeur and mystery of having a multiverse. Like the bit where she has to like tell uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character that she loves her and she has to mean it. Uh, is like reaching towards the thing that's like if you if you listen to friends at the table it's like the pattern magic thing where like you have to set up just an impossible amount of coincidence to make a thing happen um but instead they use it entirely for like sight gags of like a guy fucks a thing right yeah i mean that uh um stuff with the, the butt plug statue is so well, there's a bit where there's like a whole group of people. It's like you all have to find your launch pads, and they all do something like zany, but it's like in the most obnoxious way possible. Like, yeah, there's no there's no launch pad that isn't like a juvenile joke. Basically. They all look like they're in a different OK Go music video. It's fucking intolerable. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's just, it's very strange because like. The influence that they're pulling together, I don't think it meshes because like they're doing this because they're doing a big matrix thing, right? They like they want the guy on the phone being like, "Where's my exits?" Uh, yes. And there's uh, so many direct like matrix parallels in when they do this thing. Um, yes. But the matrix obviously works because it's super playing straight the stupid genre stuff about it. Yeah. Uh, and this like, I, I don't think like mashing it up with comedy like brings out anything funnier. I think the magic is already better when it's just a guy in sunglasses going, "We will never get them to the exit or whatever." Um. Well, the thing is, I think there's like parts. I think it can be humorous without like relying on like we're gonna throw eight gags at you at a time. It feels like a, a movie almost like like made for people who are going to like make gift sets of the goofy shit, right? Yes. Um. Because there's entire like tableaus of like here's a bunch of shit all happening at once and you can't parse all because it's all really ridiculous. Like there's one bit where and I, it's weird because like I think it's like both good and really obnoxious where they when they're when uh, Joy and Evelyn are fighting they literally go through like dozens if not there's like one oh it's when she looks in the bagel I think she, there's like a bit where you see Evelyn's face through like hundreds of universes and um, there's a lot of design that went into those clearly as they flash by but like. You built that for someone to freeze frame it and build a giant image wall about all the different ones for people to look at after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I just don't think that's like a thing that I personally value about movie making. Um, maybe that's just like old fashioned, uh, like aesthetic choices about like the, what a movie is, as a piece of art. Um, you can make a movie for a long tail where fandom like dissects stuff and you cannot do that. And I don't think one's necessarily better than the other, other than one's really attached to a capitalist machine. Um, but I don't want to throw that on this when like Disney's the one who's really at fault for that one. Um, you know, this movie is not a franchise, right? No, but like it's, I think, I think it is built to speak to people who make, who watch franchise films. And I, on that level, I'm like more sympathetic towards it. Uh, right. Sure, but it's like produced by the Russo brothers who are like... Yes, no, I know. That's the thing is like, there's always some guy who's having his cake and eating it too about this stuff, right? Yeah. And in this way, in this case, it's the fucking Russos. Who are the villains of cinema. They'll come over every day and give some interviews about... God, I, fucking, yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Um, But also it's like... Like we talk about this when we, when we talk about Tarantino and stuff. It's like Tarantino's like, someone that I find a lot of value and worth in because I found him really early in what I wasn't a movie person. I saw Kill Bill. It changed my life. I wouldn't be here talking about movies today if I didn't go see Kill Bill randomly. That's so um, true. And um, I think it's okay for movies to be kind of basic like that to bring people. You need a bridge, right? Like I think people should go watch a fucking police story and the matrix and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the people who are coming to this movie and losing their minds we're not we're like babies or not born when the matrix came out right i do agree uh kill bill's a better movie than this by like a factor of a thousand yeah but look i'm not i'm not talking qualitative like whatever uh it's not sure. really the point um there's bad movies of this that i feel this way about too right okay. um but um i think it's fine for a movie to gesture towards better things if you can make it there right like you, you yeah. should watch this and be like michelle yell's really cool i'm gonna go watch uh crouching dagger hidden dragon because she's really great in this what else is she good in there's a lot of movies for that you can get that you know, mm-hmm. um, if you're like, wow, I need, I need more martial arts movies. So I'm like, Jackie Chan has 50 of them. They're all fucking fantastic. So true. I should go watch Mills and Wheels or whatever. Yeah. If you specifically want this, like, like it's not a, it's not a period piece. If there's a lot of physical comedy in the, in the action, Jackie Chan has you fucking covered the rest of your life. Honestly. Yes. Um, there, the the bit with the phones and police story is funnier than any bit in this movie. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Um, but also, I don't think it's like bad for a movie to be those things and like appeal like in that way. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I like. I'm like I, this isn't really for me. I guess, but I like bits of it. Um, but I also don't want to say ah, oh, it's like fucking terrible movie for. Oh, it's not. It's totally who've like never seen a film, right? It's. I I, I thought this movie was like okay. Uh, I had a lot of problems yeah. with it. Uh, especially around the like uh the ways in which the the emotional catharsis felt a little hollow like they, they were f- effective but um i think on some rocky foundation uh and but i don't have like i don't think it's like bad awful right i i, I can say i didn't like this movie i don't think it's great but it's a it's a real movie which is um when when this is a thing that like people are coming to after a bunch of marvel movies and just in the mass culture in that way i do understand why it hits so hard <laughs> Endgame is a fucking multiverse movie where when they all come together to fight the big bad guy, he doesn't know who anyone is because he's from a different timeline where he never met them all. That's really funny. It's I don't know how funny. It's not a joke in the movie. No, it's not a joke in the movie. It's like you're just meant to be like, they're finally going to get him. I'm like, they got him a couple years ago. They cut his fucking head off. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. Um, And on that level... 
take take this a movie that's actually about things any day of the week. Uh, uh, yeah. Even those things are kind of like trite, you know. I mean, I don't need Waymond to give me a speech about how it being nice is its own kind of fighting, and Michelle Yeoh uh needs to learn not to do like super multiversal martial arts and instead learn to like embrace the emotional core of like being a person that's um, that speech is the the wayman speech is one of the funniest moments in the movie to me because it's like so he's in the walk out universe and he's literally in the uh, in the mood for love shots uh as he's standing there like smoking wistfully talking about the stuff uh, but the speech he gives is the most fucking uh, what is grief but love persevering bullshit. Um, <laughs> as he just like says, like, I, what I, 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 you must be kind. It is like the only strategic uh, thing to do uh, in this cruel universe. Um, it's weird because like in this universe, he's just like a, a hot guy in a skinny tie, right? Like, yes, I'm like. If this was coming from the Wayman who runs a laundromat with the wife he doesn't love anymore, or is like really weird about, I'd buy it. But this guy, I just don't believe this guy has gone through it enough to reach this point. Um, and also, ultimately, like the way that which she like embraces this, she like puts a, his because Wayman loves putting googly eyes on things, so she puts one on her forehead like a third eye, and then just starts like fulfilling everyone's dreams. I'm like, man, I, you know what's really good? Kung Fu Hustle which is also about reaching some sort of like buddhist state of bliss in like goofy combat scenarios um and i think it comes by much more honestly also in in the text of this waymond who has been is like kind of like you know the a henpecked husband in the main universe um but in otherwise like in this in the one car universe is like just a successful guy who like is talking to an old flame things could have been blah 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 he's she's playing with his heart because she's in a real mess right now um is just like giving her like a you need to like stop being such an ice queen and love more speech and i'm like what are you talking about you don't know her it, th this is just one of it the just... things i think that the movie's like whole metaphor is unclear in how it's all about these different versions right and these, these things that keep repeating in the universes but sometimes it treats them as if they are different characters and sometimes they're just the same person yes. in different reflections and, and costumes yes. um and i i just don't really know like because it, it's going for the images and the like connections and a montage right more than it is for uh yeah. being clear about the the character logic which is strange when it spends the first 45 minutes explaining that logic so deeply um and it, i think one of the parts that this collapses the most for me is when like midway through the movie they get to the reveal like this is the worst evelyn this is the worst possible all the other evelyn's are successful and rich and perfect and you're a failure you've only successfully owned an independent business for 40 years and i'm like oh rock fucking bottom aren't you and it's, it's crazy to me that this vision of like and i understand it's like tied up in a lot of like you know uh politics about um uh chinese diaspora uh and that's like why it's a small business owner in this way it's in a specific political context but it approaches this with a kind of uncomfortable sledgehammer about like the you know immigrant small business owner as the true lowest class of all and i'm like i i think you're i don't think you're really interrogating this with the um uh, uh with with the like delicacy it requires uh yeah um my thing is like the revelation that like joy is suffering because she thinks like nobody is like cares about her that there's no meaning in the world um and that's turned Jopu Tupaki into like a nihilistic universe destroyer. And she can't deal with that, but she can like 
ultimately she decides that she's going to reach out to her daughter even if she can't necessarily reach out to joe putabaki and that like reverberates and allows her to do that also um can be self-generated but it has to come with a speech from her not a husband um explaining this to her and to us the audience like we're idiots who can't read a character arc uh which is like i think this movie just doesn't have faith in the audience to like understand the things that they're being sold, told to them as a story and i'm like you don't need this it just mm-hmm. ends up feeling paternalistic both towards her and towards like everyone who's sitting here watching the movie yeah uh, i mean it definitely feels like we're being like told a very didactic lesson about how to love <laughs> yeah um and it, it's I think more... I think it's better if you just let her like come to that and let the audience read that their read on that as they want to, right? But like on the same level, it's like well, modern movies that are movies make that make a hundred million dollars in twenty twenty two do not trust the audience yeah. to fucking anything. No, one... the... Oh, you, you got to first. Best. Me and I was kind of you most most of my problems with the movie are like modern movie problems like that. Just like you got to overexplain. You got to. Hold the audience's hand. You got to put the music in the right part so you know how to feel. And it's very like, but I don't know. When you strip that away, I think you've got a good movie here. I don't know. I I disagree that it was paternalistic, but maybe that was just me. Um, there's one moment in the ending that I do think is fantastic, and I wish was actually like the center of it, uh, which is like after um, Evelyn fixes everyone in the fight scene and just goes through all the characters fixing all their problems uh she like comes to joy and is going to fix everything and joy's like shut up like shut the fuck up i know you're having a like multiversal catharsis of a you know on hitherto untold proportions right now but i was really just pissed off when you kept calling me fats uh and it like pops the bubble of the movie in a way i think is really smart um Mm -hmm. to like recenter the actual like ways in which character conflicts in real life work and not in the the grand operatic uh like metaphor of um cinema uh Mm. and i was like for a minute i was like i'm back in i I thought that was going to be the like the way it'll it was going to justify how overwrought it was if it was going to recenter on that like more human relationship but after that she goes she like rejects that goes no i will always reach out to you i will always bring you back and it's the trying that matters which i don't necessarily think is true because there are many situations in which trying too hard as a parent who's hurt your kid to bring them back is exactly the wrong thing to do and this movie's not aware of that dynamic Uh, it's like ultimately like joe joe Butibaki wants evelyn to be in her life and be her companion that holds like grounds her in a universe that doesn't make sense whereas joy wants her to leave her alone as like a daughter who's trying to define herself outside of her mother's shadow and the movie doesn't seem to understand those are like incompatible things right um the evelyn just does both by doing the exact same thing in both like scenarios and it doesn't actually like factually hold together um it just like grants her that these work success uh yeah it's 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 strange um and uh i know i was definitely like the most negative one i didn't mean to like <laughs> d- uh, you know dominate with uh being annoyed uh because this movie is very popular many people i i know uh like adore this movie but i just had those frustrations with how it all played out mm-hmm no, I think um, it's valid. I uh, I will say I do like when it's being visually inventive, and I wish there was more of that without it being a like the grounds for a joke. Um, the like bagel shrine is like straight out of a Tarsum movie. I wish there was more stuff like that. Um, I like every I like her like big bagel like 
cult leader hair and everyone in the big white room with the columns and stuff. I think that's neat. Um, and uh, there's a cool, there's like, when it does that cool stuff, I think it's good. Um, I prefer that much more to um, Alpha Waymond in a van with a bunch of like fake technology shit. That's because <laughs> Back to the Future sucks. I mean, I was about to say, I, I'm the one who hates Back to it, the Future. This is more like the, I feel like it's trying to do the Matrix when it's trying to do Back to the Future. But it's I trying to do it. the Matrix through the lens of Back to the Future aesthetics. It's like yeah, formerly the Matrix, but it's absolutely like <laughs> guy in a van has hopped up like retro computers. Yes, absolutely. There's that to it for sure. Uh, but this movie adores the Matrix. It's like they do the the uh, the Matrix. Um, like uh, what's the scene? The the one in the the cubicles in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. The beginning <laughs> with all the stuff with Alpha Waymond is like straight of the Matrix, and it's pretty. The bit where he just decide he's like stand back and he eats the lip balm and fights all the guards. Fucking sick. Love it. Uh, <laughs> once once they get to her crawling around in the like like Thomas Anderson, you know before Neo really emerges. Uh, as he's uh you know in the start of the matrix uh, i was like i could be watching the matrix right now <laughs> this is this is the problem with doing this kind of homage is if you don't have it at the like fullest extent you just remind people of better movies oh uh, yeah um which is often okay especially if it's like pointing at things people can seek out right like, that's the the kill bill thing the tarantino thing uh but everyone's seen the matrix <laughs> um I don't know how like deep the the references in this movies go to be like a guidepost, I guess, mm-hmm. in that cultural sense. It seemed like it was mostly pointing at movies that are all very, very, very popular and beloved. Uh, oh. Though I don't doubt there's definitely you know many in there for not everyone has seen in the mood for love, right? I went and watched it out before this because yeah. of this movie, technically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's like a valuable part of cinema that like it's easy when we're on this side where we you know we've seen thousands of movies to uh, forget about. Sometimes a movie can be a launch pad to watch other movies. Uh yeah, for sure. Uh, do we have anything else we want to get to our questions? Um, just one more thing. Uh, the butt plug yes. was funny the first time. They, if they didn't bring it back, the butt plug would have been funny. This is this is uh, I am blaming when she Edgar gestures for this. to the bug plug. It was funny, and then when they like all try to jump on it, it's less funny. Well, when mean? it's in a scene and she goes, "I won this trophy," and I, in my it brain, like think that plug. looks like yes. a butt plug. That's the whole. Yeah, joke. I laughed out loud. Yeah, yes. I, that was like one of the handful of times I laughed out loud. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I, it ruins it by making it a whole scene about trying to get on the butt plug. Like it was funny once. Like I said, I blame Edgar Wright for this. This is just like reminding me of uh, Hot Fuzz and um, The World's End. It is End. a very Edgar Wright joke. Especially the guy doing the big like frog splash leap onto it. Yeah. Oh, and just like cute visual gag turning into a massive overall action scene. Yes. Um, that's uh, peak Edgar Wright. Uh, okay. Questions? Yeah, let's go. All right. If you'd like to send in emails, questions, talk about movies, whatever anything you want uh abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com uh we start with aiden who writes in do you have any favorite single word line deliveries in movies i love how in uh sorry <laughs> there's a correction email michael uh nyquist says oh when he learns the person his son attacked was john wick yeah i mean everyone loves that <laughs> it is pretty good um though actually i prefer the line before but they, they all work <laughs> what uh, is the line before 
Well, he, uh, uh, he stole John Wick's car, sir, and he killed his dog. <laughs> the worst accent <laughs> ever. But he just says it in such a funny way. And he's like, oh. That might be the best scene in John Wick 1. <laughs> Is this a single word or a single, single phrase? Word. Single, oh, word. single word. Single word. Oh, okay, single that's word. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still say plastics like the graduate whenever I have to say plastics. Plastics. Single word. It's hard. Yeah. I looked at this earlier. I was thinking about. It. I was like, "This is the hard mode of me forgetting everything that's ever happened to me when I see a question." Because like, like, when has someone said a single, a single line in the movie? There's a single, drainage. single word. Drainage. Oh yeah, yeah. Drainage is really good. Uh, vagina in the Big Lebowski. <laughs> that is a good one. Um. All right, uh, I'm gonna save that one because we'll do. Oh, question. Uh, hot fuzz when they can't pronounce London because it's too big a town, too small a town to say London. I don't remember this joke. We watched Hot Fuzz. Recently. Yeah, I don't remember the London joke in Hot Fuzz. There's like a scene where somebody gets mail from London or something, and he goes, "It's from London." Like he says it weird. I don't know. Oh, I when Big um, Bill Bailey does that. Okay, yes, yeah. it's from London for you. Uh, yeah. Okay, I do remember this now. Uh, Nora writes in, what's your, the, the dumbest fan interpretation of a movie that you secretly really taken with? I mean, this a bit more earnestly than Darth Jar Jar. I don't think I have one of these. I, I generally don't like fan interpretations. Yeah, I'm usually not on board. Fans, don't interpret anything. Just take the movie as it is. Stop trying to no. think. No, you're allowed to think. It, I just have never heard one where I've gone, oh, yes. Aside from maybe like, um, under the skin is like a trans metaphor is a great fan theory. Yeah, it doesn't count as like a dumbest fan interpretation. This is like Squall is dead stuff. Oh, you want about. something dumb? Okay, yes. yeah, I have no idea. The I'm problem is they're all yeah. always literally Squall Bad. is dead. Yeah, they're always someone's dead, and it's death. That, that's almost. Oh, is it, it was a dream. Yeah. Whole, is this whole thing a dream? It's like who cares? Yeah, you're just like yeah. robbing the movie of all meaning. Yeah. It's already a dream. It's a dream. It's a movie. It's fake. The movie's not real in the first place. <laughs> Adding another level uh, of, like, it's actually secretly more unreal doesn't actually change anything. And I feel like that's what 99% of these fan theories are. They're some version of, of that. Um, how do you think you would fare in a zombie scenario? Badly. I would be dead. I can't run. I would also probably be dead. Yeah. Um, done, yeah. done in one. I would not be alive. <laughs> um... You're in charge How do you think of the they They'd eat they catch me and eat me. It's easy. I would <laughs> Yeah. I I'd probably go to a high building and jump. I know I'd really not want to be eaten alive, that sounds bad. So you yeah, okay. Alright. And I don't have a gun around. I'd I, you know, if I had a gun and it made it make it significantly easier. Um I think I would just like find an easy the fastest way to turn myself into a zombie rather than like kill myself. Those are the same thing. Why would you... Hang on. Hang on. Do you see a difference between the two outcomes here? Yeah, in theory. So in, in theory, you just think that, like, becoming a zombie is just passing to a new form of consciousness in a way that uh, dying... Jumping it, off a building is not, yes. Okay. So you you just... Huh. Philosophical difference. It's not It's not like your reanimated corpse without your soul is eating around. It is uh, a... Who different, knows? 
Okay. You willing to roll the dice on that one? It's going to become yeah. a zombie? I mean, yeah. either way, I'm dead, right? Like, the me that exists will be dead either way. Well, but that's like, why I said if the option, if the option is, like, total self-annihilation versus some like my body goes on and is another thing and maybe that thing is a like a like some sort of being i'll pick that one well what happens when all the humans are dead and it's just zombies in like a zombie world then the zombie world is normal right then it's just like a that, new that is that you can watch george romero's land of the dead and get the answer to this <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> um you're in charge of a remake of the Jet Li movie the one who do you center it on nora picks ron perlman which is not a bad choice <laughs> Jet Li. <laughs> Ron Perlman's older than Jet Li, I think. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Doing some giggling. I just like the idea of we're making it for a modern age with choosing a guy that's also fucking old. Well, I assume it's not going to be a big action movie, right? Like, I don't have to pick an action star. Ron I just Perlman want a movie is 13 where... years older than Jet Li. <laughs> yeah, I know Ron Perlman's fucking old now. Yeah, so I'm aware of this. Uh... Okay. He's just got a good face for multiverses. My my answer is also an old. Per- I don't know anyone young. I don't know anyone young anymore. I know I know like Tom Holland and Timothy Chalamet, and I hate them both. Those are like the old, the young people I know. <laughs> you know the, the famous annoying ones from Post. Yes. Yeah. You're not like caught up to date with rising talent in cinema. Yeah. Um. My, my answer is uh, Willem Dafoe, obviously. Pierce Brosnan. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Do I get the budget to bring different eras of character like th- that actor in? Can we get Pierce, old Pierce Brosnan versus like young Remington Seal Pierce Brosnan? You want a Gemini man, Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> yes. Oh, I want uh, like an Angelina Jolie. Think of the bad wig this is potential. A this is a good one. I like this a lot. And you could do um, like different eras of her. That'd be fun. Uh, what is the best personal spaceship in cinema? No Enterprise in Ostromo, single unit, single person craft. Oh, this this is this is cruel because obviously when I'm when it comes to spaceships, I'm looking here. I'm looking for a cool bridge. I'm just Star Trek pilled. Yes. yes. Um, and so I don't know. Uh, like I know some. Uh, like you know, I could say X Wing, right? Like X Wing probably be my favorite Star Wars ship. Um, basic but it's true it's cool i like the x-wing a lot fantastic design Mm -hmm. uh that is not like i'm just choosing the popular thing i genuinely think it's an incredible design um and and now i'm going through like what have i watched that isn't star wars that has a personal ship my answer is going to be the bubble tree from the phone (laughs) there you go My other, my other answer is the fucking uh, actual lunar craft from Apollo 13, but I don't know if that counts. It is a personal spaceship. holds three people. Very snugly. I, I, yeah. I guess it... I guess technically it is. Yeah. Um, Destiny, you have an answer? I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. What should Nora have for dinner the night that she hears this episode? Something quick and easy. Uh, order order wings. Okay, get some wings. Get some fucking I just wings. I up the Vietnamese place by me does wings, so. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I like their normal food. I don't know if I'd get wings, but. Yeah, but they're getting wings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Jacob writes in. Uh, I really liked the movie, but I feel like I was a bit colder on some of my friends who put it at the top of their best of all time list instantly. 
Um, the idea that I could watch a movie and instantly put it on top of my best of all time list is already like, I, I need like a couple months to sit on that. <laughs> Can't just throw it at the top immediately. <laughs> yeah, um, now you going to say about it. Specifically, as someone who went in blind, the rabbit switched from straightforward sci-fi comedy. The absurd took me out of the experience for a second. I think as it goes on, it gets a bit better, ends well. But I'm curious what you think if it stuck the landing when it comes to blending so many genres of rapid succession. I think we, I think we've answered this. I wish it was weirder. I wish it was like both weirder and less jokey. Yeah, I would agree. I appreciated the ambition. I just don't think it pulled it off as well as it wanted to. It's a yeah. bagel with everything on it. Do you get? It's a bagel with everything on it. Do you get it? I like that one. I like that she just like had infinite cosmic powers. Like, what if I just put everything together? What happens? Um, there's nothing worse than like if you can if you have the powers of God. Eventually, you're going to do something really stupid, like put everything in one place. Uh, I'm not against the like plot concept. It's specifically that it feels like the joke comes first. <laughs> given the, given the um the the hot dog fingers world, I feel like they don't play it as a joke that often. It's like mostly just the first time. Uh, yeah, I guess um, so. I mean, they, they, I, mean, are, I, she, she I think, like I think, standing I think, in front of the bagel, uh, like church, right? In, in the sure, but if, if the if the giant spinning bagel was like just a like a red portal, would I like it more? No, I think it's fine to be a bagel. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I'd like it less because that just looks like every other movie. Well, yes, we've said this before. <laughs> if a movie just uh, for some reason its final act is about a big fucking portal, then just shut it down. That's the death of cinema. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't that. Um, Martin writes in. Um, question about actors playing two roles in a movie. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, I started thinking about Gemini Man. Don't think I like this movie. I find it fascinating. Tons of money poured into camera tech and the VFX gimmick, but everything seemed like a total laugh. Thought I saw it on a plane while traveling to London uh, before the co- before COVID. Um, it seemed like the bo- both best and worst way to experience the film. Um, my question is, uh, what's a movie you've seen or would recommend to watch while on a plane? None of them. I, one, I don't go on planes. But two, I've never watched a movie on a plane when I was on a plane. Um, yeah. I don't want to be like, all oh, don't watch a movie on your phone. I don't actually agree with David Lynch. But I do think trying to like watch a movie in like the best context you can get in any given moment is like usually pretty all right. Also, I think that... Um, Gemini Man is a pretty good movie in part because of its technological stuff. I don't think watching it in low resolution on a plane is the same thing. Yes. It's fine for movies to be tech, like technology pushing over good stories. The actual problem with Gemini Man is that Clive Owen's really bad in it. And it really upsets the back half of the movie, but most of that movie is really good. That's all right. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I wish they'd do more movies in high frame rate. I'd like to see more film like that before we decide it's a bad idea and pack it all up. But I it's think cool. High frame rate is good. I, I genuinely like the possibilities of it. I think yeah. that it's one of those things that people are dismissive of unfairly. No, not unfairly, because like the those Hobbit movies sucked ass. Um, yeah, they suck ass at any frame rate, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like I understand the the the, the immediate recoiling of like this is just a stupid gimmick for high budget movies that uh is being forced on us to like justify production of movies that we already don't like. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think that's is... necessarily true about the inherent potential of the, the technology. I think you can do like cool yeah. niche documentaries with it, you know, like, yeah, like I, I think of like, like I didn't, uh, I don't like avatar, right? Like, and I saw that in 3d and I rewatched it and it's even worse in 2d. Um, and, uh, but when I think and 3d films basically gone outside of like, it's an afterthought that's put on a big cinema releases to raise ticket prices. But like, 
when I think of like Hugo or Cave of Forgotten Dreams or Peanut 3D, like the ways in which 3D as a technology can be used to do stuff with dimensionality that the normal moving image that we think of when we think of movies can't do. I think that's just like an untapped potential that we'll never get to explore because the only people who get to use it are fucking Disney movies, right? Or movies that want to be just James Cameron's out here shooting his movies with as many D's as he can afford. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, and that's a, that's a shame because uh, you, you, 3D cannot save a bad movie. No, Avatar was always a bad movie. Uh, that's I I still believe this. I haven't revisited it. Many of my friends have gone the other way, but I still in my heart believe I just. Was I have I have revisited it twice, and both times I couldn't make it through because the first half you're like, oh, this is like this could be doing something and then you meet what's her face and she just starts calling him jake sully with the most offensive native voice you ever heard and you're like no i can't i can't fucking do this again. i can't do this anymore i have to leave i have to leave right now i'll burn down this fucking room <laughs> yeah um it's just too racist to live i you just can't do it i just can't do it um, well there's gonna be eight more of them i'm not gonna see them i'm fine i'm free i don't care it's going to be between three there's the there's the like jewel stories of of james cameron being like i'm gonna make this till i'm 150 and i'm like i don't think that's how time works james um and then there's the other <laughs> side of uh the other comments are like well we can wrap it up in three if this one doesn't make any money yeah he doesn't care <laughs> he doesn't actually care that's the thing um yes anyway hilver writes in uh, my wife who doesn't watch many films thought this was the best thing she ever seen i thought it was all right but exhausting uh, from the Wikipedia, this is written for Jackie Chan. Thoughts on a Jackie Chan version? I don't think it'd be. I don't think it'd be good. I think it'd be. I think it. I think it would not have the emotional centers. The only thing that makes this movie not intolerable to me. The um, thing that makes this movie good is the actors in it are really good. Jackie Chan yes. is <laughs> a fantastic physical comedian. He is yes. not a like interpersonal emotional. I mean, he has it right. Like he's done it in the his thing, films. The thing is, I don't think Jackie Chan's a better physical comedian than Michelle Yeoh is. <laughs> No, but yeah, I, I think they're I'm like not, on the same level. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying like he's. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. what I mean. Is like the the one thing you think you get with Jackie Chan. I don't think you actually get as much as you think you do. But no. you lose the rest of it. <laughs> you lose the rest of it. Yeah, you, you we, like the casting is the reason this movie works when it does. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think the Jackie Chan version is. Uh, I don't think anyone saw it. Like, uh, genuinely, yeah. I I think like first of all, it being a dad changes the entire dynamic of the movie. Um, and I, I don't think it'll land as much uh just oh. in the way that the culture is positioned uh yeah. and i think that uh it, not having the performances it wouldn't resonate as much it would just be seen as like oh this weird jackie chan maybe that got like 60 percent of rotten tomatoes yeah. um uh also the wikipedia the directors wanted evelyn to be called michelle implying this is a different universe michelle yo thoughts of positioning this about real michelle yo i think that'd be worse um it didn't include i also looked this up I, the rest of the quote's really good it was michelle yo fought back on this was like this is disrespectful to like no, fiction here's the thing i think that this quote is ridiculous it's because uh, she's like it's evelyn's story which is so uh, this is like the this is a real movie version of the rock saying i was born to play black adam to me <laughs> the thing is i i think she's right i think if you're making a movie about a character you should believe in the character and not just like 
express the character as a reflection of this other like brand or like actor right i, I yes. believe in the things she's saying the, the way she's saying it is so ludicrous it's hilarious this is really evelyn's story i'm like she's a lady in this movie that you play like it's made up who cares it's, it's not a real up. character uh, like, i do <laughs> philosophically agree with her but uh it is a hilarious quote like come on let's do yourself but yes it would, it, she's right it would have made the movie worse yeah it would have made the movie worse um, Crystal writes in, which three movies would be homage in your multiverse selves? Uh, Inside Lemon Davis. That's my obvious one. I'm like, okay, what else? Um, if anyone else has their pulls, we can, we can trade off. I've got all three because I did all, all the. I, the, I said we. You got the same old two days ago. I know. I've been looking at it. I'm thinking about it, but I'm like, I don't know which which specific ones to, to hit for. Go ahead. Oh, um, I still have to think about it. All right, I am picking Blues Brothers. There will be blood and Good Burger. <laughs> yeah, Good Burger. <laughs> uh, mine is uh, uh Inside Lewin Davis. Um, for some reason, I kept because I was look when I was looking at it, and I couldn't quite decide, uh, and it ended up unresolved in this question. I think Jurassic Park for some reason. Yeah, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. I think I, I think I'd be good in Jurassic Park. I don't know who I'd be. I think I would be. I keep going for. Would it be funny if I was um, what's his name? The main guy, the the, the fucking guy, the the guy who owns Alan Jurassic Grant Park. Grant or Ian Malcolm? Oh, you mean uh, you mean uh. Fuck. I don't remember his name either. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy at Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, Which guy? John Hammond. The fucking, Jackson, bro. John Hammond. John Hammond, that's his name. For some oh. reason, I, th- I, I don't know why. I don't, I'm not thinking I'm liking personality-wise, but this. I just like I it as this. a bitch. No, you know what? I think this is perfect. I think this is perfect. Uh, I can see the, like, paprika-esque world in which you run <laughs> some horrible thing with a cane. And it's ridiculous. And I'm coming in, I'm just like, oh, this next lady, like, no, I I think I'm this close to realizing my terrible, stupid dream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is actually perfect for you. <laughs> uh, and uh, the King of Comedy. Oh, yeah, great. Oh. Good, good polls. Good ones. Uh, the color purple. Uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. And... Oh, goodness. What would my third one be? Probably. I don't know. I, for some reason, I'm having a hard time just thinking of movies. All right. We'll let you off the hook. Oh, thank uh, you. David writes in, what are some of your favorite musical numbers in non-musical films? I like in Buffalo 66 when she does a little dance. I just remember when I, when like in, in my old, old world, uh, I would have, would have once answered Clark's to this. And now I think it's all, you know, evil and cringe. Um, uh, yeah, that's fair. Can I get away with saying the end of Twin Peaks season two? <laughs> season two? Yeah. When he goes in the lodge and plays the song with the guys there singing. Oh, I guess that's no, no. You know what? No, that's no, you can't. TV have, not a musical sequence. Yeah. There's a there's someone playing. There's a, what do musical numbers? Just someone singing in the movie, right? It doesn't have to be a musical in the way we conceive of that. No, I guess it? that's true. 
Oh, I guess mine doesn't really count because she doesn't sing. She just dances. Yeah. It's just a dance sequence. Anyway, um, other answers that I like are uh, um, Dark City has a great musical number. Um, the same musical number exists in a lot of movies. Dark, I shout out Dark City and um, Dick Tracy is having good ones. That just has Madonna. No one's like dancing, but it is a musical montage. Um, and uh, the opening of Kung Fu Hustle. Fucking incredible. The opening of Kung Fu Hustle is um, <laughs> basically the greatest movie I've made. That's such a good movie. <laughs> The rest of it's also one of the best movies I've ever made, but the opening, like, ten minutes, yeah. that entire musical sequence, oh, that's cin- that's fucking cinema. Yeah. Um, Eric writes in, is there a movie that copies another director's style for effect the way everything everywhere all at once does to Wong Kar Wai, for example, that you feel is better to the original director's work, or does it just make you want to watch the original director's movies? I, you, I, think, it would even, I think even then I'd want to watch the original director's movies. Right, um, like, I always feel that way. There's a, there's a very easy definitive answer to this one. Yes. Which has come up before. Is which is top five. Oh yeah. Which is just enough. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just this is the Woody Allen movie, not made of Woody Allen. Yeah. yeah. Finally, it's oh, pretty God. much the perfect answer. Yeah, it's uh, I, uh, not a perfect movie, but I I would choose that. I do think Tarantino's uh, Leone pastiche is particularly good. It's like one of his best pastiches. Uh, I think if Tarantino got over himself and stopped making an interview where he's like wow my legacy rather than making a fucking movie like a normal person um yeah. and uh just m- made the fake tv show that's in the middle of once upon a time just you could tarantino you could retire and make that tv you could just simply make a tv you can make a 30 minute tv show you could go to slow pace because you're tarantino and you could do that uh yeah. but you if he did that i respect him so much more he'd be so much happier <laughs> i need yeah. somebody to do argento movies without argento pacing I bet there's a lot of those. I hope I somebody's out there, because, yeah, I, I just need a jallo that doesn't bore me. Um, if you've got Rex, send them over. I'll pass them to Destiny. Put them in the Discord or whatever. Or email them, whichever. Um, Adam writes in with two questions. What's your favorite scene in which a character reveals they're surprisingly good at martial arts? <sighs> I w- I'm just going to leap on I Know Kung Fu, which is, is a pretty good one still. Since it's not ready to reveal... He he learned kung fu. You can you can do this loosely. Um, um I like the bit in um we just recently talked about it in Scott Pilgrim when he when the fight starts and it mm-hmm. cuts to Anna Kendrick going, What? Uh, <laughs> I wanna guy. know if anyone saw Scott Pilgrim not knowing it was a movie about ridiculous fights, so he just like went to the cinema to see it. I feel like the trailer gives it all away though. I um, I mean no one went to see Scott Pilgrim, so nope. That's didn't true. happen that's true <laughs> right. you're catching it on hbo or whatever like that movie has like a long life like you know long tail after the fact uh someone had to have seen it not knowing what it was about and i would like to know what that that would be was. so funny just not really yes. I, uh you know what same with this movie with everything overall because i i think the actual like would prefer the movie it was just a, a drama about these people but i also wouldn't have watched it if it was that so i get why you make the high concept moneyverse movie yes <laughs> um <laughs> But it, <laughs> I do like the idea of watching it being invested in this normal drama in any of these, and then like, oh, it's we're doing a different thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite instance of an actor resuming acting career after a long hiatus? I don't oh. know who's done this. In my, I'm like, I know when like characters well, will come back, but I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Like in my mind, like, which actors have uh, gone away and come back. I was excited to see Rosie Perez in Birds of Prey because I hadn't seen her in anything in a long ass time. Um, 
Yeah. I, guess, I know Daniel Day-Lewis retires for 15 years every time he does a movie or whatever. <laughs> I remember how genuinely excited I was for Robert Downey Jr. to clean up his act and get out of uh, oh, jail. Actual destroyed! Jail. Fucking killed! Here's the oh, thing. He's like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, still a great movie. I'm sure he's capable of making great films. He just doesn't right now. Um, Even if he did, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you literally with your eyes wouldn't be able to see it because that's Iron Man. I genuinely eh, think I don't know. I don't think that's true. I don't I think, think that's true. I think it's too tight. I think he's the culture a good enough actor where I wouldn't feel that way. But that's my. I, I think it's the same way that when uh, Chris Evans showed up in and just being very good and like a good actor in movies, we're like that's, that's so weird. The vibes are weird. <laughs> I don't. I, I just think the like totalizing effect on culture will would do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. Maybe I'm being cynical. Um, I guess my answer is like my other answer is like Winona Ryder. I'm glad she's still like got a career again. Me really too. Up. She's great. People did her dirty. Yeah, she didn't need. She didn't deserve that. She deserved Star and Stranger Things. I'm glad she's getting Stranger Things paycheck, but uh, that was me being a little a little mean there. <laughs> Not to um, Winona Ryder, to Stranger Things. Winona Ryder's great. Gary writes in. Uh, what are some movies you would say worth checking out to anyone who enjoyed the action scenes of this movie, but probably haven't seen enough films that preceded it? Uh, I think uh, we shot police fucking police story. Police story. You, you know, if you go, if you've got Arrow, uh, if this, I didn't get people when I screenshot these, I, Gary, I don't think lives in America, so Arrow might be hard to get. This is the Gary I think it is. Um, but if you can get a hold of the Arrow player. They've got the whole like Shaw Brothers box sets, volume ones and two on there. You can get some fucking incredible art martial arts movies in the world. Um, but uh, not, I mean, just Ar- Arrow stuff. is a British service. Gary is right. uh, Irish, I believe. Okay, um, so you can get Arrow, um, and they've got all of them just lined up for you. They got all the special features and shit. They're great. You don't have to spend the money on the huge box sets. Um, that'll get you an education. But otherwise, I'd say like, you know, you should you should watch uh, you should watch Police Story. Any Jackie Chan movie will have your back. Um, yeah. Also, Jet Li's the one. <laughs> uh, Gary did shout out uh, that seen the one. So, so true. Banger. Banger, banger of cinema. Okay, we've got a long <laughs> question specifically about what happened to Hong Kong cinema. That's like really long to the point where I'm not going and to I, lie. And I can't answer. Like, if I, even if I try, I'm like, I don't know. And I genuinely don't know enough. I'm just ignorant. You don't ask me. It was yeah. specifically like what happened to the traditional Hong Kong cinema. Is that just entirely about um, the handover? Uh, blah, blah, blah. To which I asked Neve uh, from uh, Ornate Stairwells, who just knows Someone more who about would this. Someone actually than know. Yes. Um, and I specifically was like, is it just a handover uh, or is there more to it than that? And so I'm just going to read Neve's answer as me uh, trying to edit together because it's just some messages this morning in the DMs. Um, so when the handover happened, this also was the moment where there was like already a slumping film industry. The handovers related to a financial crisis that affected much of East and Southeast Asia. Um, in the 90s, you see a growing middle class in Hong Kong and the growth of megaplex theaters that cater to them. But also because of that growing sense of class, you get the audiences that look down on local cinema and prefer international films, uh, which is happening right as Hollywood starts to target the Asian markets. You see a shift of Hollywood blockbusters starting to dominate in a way they did not before. Um, but then the main thing with the handover that hurt the industry is the relative death of Category 3 films. Uh, no one's making weird softcore porno anymore. And let me tell you, softcore porno is a good way to raise some money for cheap to put towards other projects. Uh, my cynical take is that Hollywood saw a moment of weakness and the growth of megaplexes and ticket prices. The local audience started to favor foreign films more. And then the financial crisis making fewer people want to pay those prices in movies for movies in general to strike and establish themselves as a new lead purveyor of cinema in Hong Kong. 
Um, and much of Asia, honestly, has happened all over during the financial crisis, which is true. Yes. So uh, I appreciate that. It does uh, make sense because, yeah, um, the handover comes at the end of like a huge bubble bursting in the region, right? Uh, yes. So, um, but also the handover. Um, movies just change. Eras and tastes do change, you know? There's a lot of reasons. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like people aren't making martial arts movies now. They're, they're still making a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, the other thing is also like, a lot of stuff isn't being brought over into cinemas. Like people are producing stuff for streaming services everywhere. It's not just American movies on Netflix. Right. I mean like the late nineties into the two thousands is regardless of what country or era or like place you were in. Right. Like the entire ways of shooting, um, distributing, producing movies are going to change in radical ways regardless. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tron writes in, uh, I think we've answered a lot of these, um, what are your thoughts on a lot of media in the past 10 years being about dealing with depression? It's uh, um, hard times. People are under a lot of stress. People are under a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think that's it. There's a question about do you think Evelyn actually learns enough to relate to her daughter? And I feel like the movie's conflicted about that. Well, like, when it ends, she still kind of is making, even though they're, like, getting along better, she's still, like, communicating with with her in, like, this blunt way and, like, yes, you know, kind of hinting that she still thinks she's fat. So, like, it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, and then Neve writes in, what's your, what joke from this movie were you instantly tired of the first time they made it? And which joke continued to amuse even as it just kept being reused? Uh... I never liked the hot dog fingers. I know. Uh, I liked it the one time. Liked it the first, I liked time, it when uh, she saw it in the movie, uh, the weird fake movie within a movie with the singing. Yes. Uh, that was really funny. And then I thought the raccoon joke got old really fast. Um, even though I liked the payoff of it where they get reunited. I don't know. What. Um, and what was the other? What was the other question? What joke uh, did you like, even though it kept being reused? Oh. Hmm. I know. I like the rocks. I like the rock universe. Um, Apparently, I was inspired by the video game Everything, which made me like it even more. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I love that game. Um, Very silly. Um, I I just thought of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, no, for sure. Um, There's definitely Um, like a Hitchhiker's-esque nature to some of that. I like that they were pinatas at one point, or in that, like we kept going yes. back to that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they'd done more animation. The one, the two bits of animation that are really good. Um, uh, what's your favorite martial arts action film? Uh, ever? Um, yeah, I, I'm not like that highly seen. Like it might just be Police Story going through the thing. Like I have not seen. I've seen a few more, but you know that's one of the only. Uh, real classics i've seen i haven't seen any shore brother stuff which i should probably go take a look at i like uh, uh sister street fighter and the 36 chambers yeah 36 chamber of shaolin is my default answer it's really good i like five mm-hmm. element ninja that's a really good one um police story is great the uh, boxer's omen i don't think i've seen that one i feel like we watched it together it's a really weird one where the guy like sees all the buddhist visions and like no, i've definitely not seen this you told me about it but oh I okay with you. we'll watch it it's on arrow 
Um, um, Kung Fu Hustle. You should watch Kung Fu Hustle. It's fucking good. It's so good. All right. Our question of the week was movie. Uh, where what's your favorite movie where an actor plays multiple roles? I'm going to read all the ones we've been sent. Um, Lizzie writes in with Crank Two High Voltage, which is man, that is a one good gag. That gag when it's revealed, I remember thinking I am watching the weirdest movie ever made. <laughs> um. Nora writes in with the 10 minutes of Resident Evil where there's three Mila Jovovich's. That bit's fucking good! That's so... It's so sick! Oh. What about the 10 minutes of uh, Resident Evil where there's like a thousand Mila Jovovich's? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ashling writes in with maybe my favorite answer, which is Cheech Martin in From Dust Till Dawn, or Cheech Martin, uh, where he's the border guard. Um, he's the... Uh, announcer outside the titty twister which is one of the most famous film speeches and also at the end when he shows up as like carlos the contact to be like oh, what happened were they psychos or something um from dust till dawn one of the greatest films ever made from dust till dawn genuine masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> thinking about from dust till dawn just the other day because uh we were talking about tom savini uh <laughs> he was really great in that movie um, <laughs> yeah uh Let's see. What do we got? Um, Jacob writes in with uh, Austin Powers. Embarrassed to admit, didn't realize that Mike Myers played Dr. Evil the first time I saw that movie. Probably because you were young. You're allowed. Yeah, I was going to say, you must have been a wee thing. Um, the thing about Austin Powers is I thought the first movie was genuinely funny. And the other movies continuing to like get worse and worse just made the first movie intolerable by seeing like the Matrix of it. Yes. I bet if no, that was a different movie. Uh, I bet if you um, watch Dr. <laughs> Powers now, you would uh, enjoy it. I bet, like, yeah, maybe. I I'm willing to bet money that just the sheer shot on filmness of That's Austin true. Powers but, carries it to a height that would have seemed impossible. The thing is, in the year of release, <laughs> when I project it out and think about like Fat Bastard and like Goldmember, it just makes me mad. I've never seen. Takes... I've seen Austin Powers. I think I've seen some of the second one. I've never seen any of Goldmember. There's stuff, uh, there's stuff in the second movie that's like okay, but Fat Bastard's like just awful. It's wretched. What's, what's the movie where Minnie Me and uh, him rap? Just the two of us. Is that's that the two. second that's one? That's two. That's God. Two. What a stupid movie. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's two. Yeah, it's yeah, a dumb movie. <laughs> two has my favorite. Maybe one of my favorite jokes. I don't know why. I just think it's really funny. Where he goes back. They go back. To, the whole thing is they go back to the '60s in that one. Um, and Dr. Evil's like, ah, here's some music that I invented while I was away into the future and plays What If God Was One of Us on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's funny. That's very funny. It's just a really dumb joke. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, I think the opening of the first Dozen Powers is classic for a reason. Everyone loves a dance. It's is good. It the, it's just is good. it the third movie that opens with the fucking Tom Fake Cruise movie? bit? I've, yes. seen, you know, I've seen that. I saw that on ITV one time. I've seen Tom Cruise, Austin Powers. I have seen that bit. But I yeah. know more. Yeah, that's gotta be three then. Um, uh, Hilver answers with Moon, which, yeah, Moon's a great one. Moon's pretty good. Yeah. Moon is good. Um... David writes in with Holy Motors, uh, Denis Levant's character, uh, technically cheating because he only plays one character, but that character plays multiple characters in the movie. Holy Motors is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. I did not like it when I saw it. Destiny really liked it. I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like n fucking nonsense. I was like annoyed. It was one of those. I don't know. It's weird because like I, this kind of came out like as I was getting like weird about movies. 
Um, my enjoyment of the medium was destabilizing rapidly. It was one of those that Twitter talked up a bunch when I finally saw it, and I was just like, this is not as great as everyone says it was. Oh, there was a fail on Twitter? I thought that was invented in 2017. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um... Eric writes in answers uh, the 2018 Suspiria remake with Tola Swinton playing the old man. That was a good uh, I movie. remember, I remember before that movie came out, everyone's like, is, is that, Tola, that's definitely Tola Swinton, right? <laughs> and I'm being like, no, 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 absolutely not. Not what are you talking about? No, of course not. But, uh, 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 that's Javi. <laughs> Gary writes in with Kyle McLaughlin's various twin peaks roles, which, uh, yeah, fair enough. That's a good one. I man, I love Dougie more than anything in the world. Basically, isn't the thing. I love Dougie, and Dougie loves coffee. <laughs> Dougie does love coffee, Mister Jackpots. <laughs> uh, Tron writes in with uh, Snacky New York. Um, that was a good there's one. a lot of characters you could say for that one. That's a really good one. Yep. Um. On Twitter, I, I took Twitter answers because uh, I don't like doing it, but I guess I'll do it for Question of the Week going forward. If you really want to just send me a tweet. Um, uh, we've got uh, at Good at Sports who says, does face off count? To which I say, eh, maybe, but I'm going to let I'm going to let you say whatever you want. You know, it's free. It's free range. It's open question. It's not a test. Um, Canticle Curator and Aardvark Wizard both answer with being John Malkovich, which is a great classic answer. Um, and my friend Ash at Werewolf Pussy uh, answers Face Off Adaptation Severe Remake Coming to America at Austin Powers. Uh, but then notes my favorite might be the inverse when you do a face off. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, where multiple uh, actors play the same character, which is a good. There should be more of that, honestly. I agree. It's so fun. I need to rewatch uh, Adaptation because I watched it when it was new and I feel like I was too young to get it. I, I loved it. That's actually like I have two answers for this, and one of them is Nicolas Cage in adaptation. Coming to America. That... Oh, go ahead. Oh, you finished that. I was, I was just saying, Coming to America is one of the greatest films ever made, and everyone should watch it if you have not seen Coming to America. I, I haven't. I've heard uh, you talk about it for a decade. Arsenio <laughs> Hall yelling "sexual chocolate" is like the funniest shit. I didn't. I hadn't seen it until I started doing Destiny, and then we watched it together. And I, man, that's a fucking banger. It's a. It was a childhood staple film. So yeah, yeah. like one of my favorite favorite movies. Like I think about it all the time. <laughs> um. Uh, I can't remember if no one said the objectively correct answer. I have uh, two answers, and I think they're both the correct answer. I, I literally was like, I need to think of a third because people are going to scope these two. I was going to be like, first of all, everyone's going to say Ocean's 12. I was going to be oh, the I first even, one everyone's like, I didn't even say that one because um, real Julie Roberts isn't in that, is she? No, I don't think so. No. It doesn't count. Um, I, thought, I thought she was. No. There's just the bit where Bruce Willis shows up and thinks she's Julie Roberts. Oh right, that's I have to, I haven't actually seen it in a decade, but I remember <laughs> it. And I remember when talking himself. about it. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, my two answers that I thought of when I thought of this. The first thing I immediately thought of, and I was like, "Oh, someone's definitely going to grab this one." Is multiplicity? Uh, the favorite, everyone's favorite <laughs> Michael Keaton cloning movie, um, in which there are four I can't Michael Keaton. People didn't remember multiplicity from like nineteen ninety four. Yeah, I, look, multiplicity. I think about multiplicity as someone who is too busy and a bit of a workaholic. I think of multiplicity literally every goddamn day of my life. I would love for there to be four of me. Um, multi uh, yeah, that's about. He's like a. He's like a. 
busy husband who like is an architect 90s job right he like builds buildings he's on job sites and so his uh, his poor suffering wife who's Andy McDowell is like oh why are you never home to deal with the kids and live your life or whatever so he clones himself using this weird new technology and there's a clone and they split the work but then both of them are like they both just do more and they're like oh what if we had a third one they do that and the third one makes a fourth one to like bully around uh, but each one has like a slightly different personality um and it just becomes a mess and it's a good movie it's it's uh <laughs> got some very 90s uh gender politics in it um oh this looks like the most 90s movie ever made yeah i like it. it's one of them (laughs) i think Uh, i saw that in the theater i watched that on tv a lot growing up Um, yeah and then my other answer uh which i genuinely i'm shocked no one picked because this movie at least people do remember is uh last action hero oh yeah where uh whatever character arnold Schwarzenegger plays leaps out of the cinema into the real world and meets the real ass arnold Schwarzenegger and is like you're not cool you're just an actor. To be or not to be. <laughs> to be, to not to be. <laughs> not, not to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, that movie fucking rips. So, my two answers, uh, Nicolas Cage in, in adaptation, because yeah. it's sweet and wonderful, uh, and then uh, Hugh Jackman in The Fountain. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, Neve did write in with um, The Mad Fox, uh, which is a Japanese film. Because of course it is. Um, uh, um, yes. Which actually sounds pretty cool. It's about a guy who falls in love with this girl and then her younger twin sister and then a fox who looks like the younger twin sister. Um, and it sounds pretty good. Uh, did you answer, Jackson? You did, right? I mean, I was going to say Ocean 12, but I apparently I got the specifics wrong. Yeah, damn. I, uh, I do want to share... This is not as like good as some of these, but I have to shout it out as a recent thing that we've watched that did this that we just latched onto. We became uh, uh, fans of this movie in a way we didn't expect. But there's a bit in in the island where they meet Yo! the real Hugh McGregor, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, not the well, the real the character Hugh McGregor is playing in the movie, the real him, uh, the clone. God, and... that bit is so fucking. He's such a fucking scumbag. He's oh, such a so fucking bad. scumbag, and he's got the accent down. It's like yes. Oh, it's good. The Island is a great movie. It's like Michael Bay's The Island is really dumb in the way that they don't let movies be dumb anymore. It's really good. Ewan McGregor plays brothers on Fargo, and it is so funny. Yes. I want to watch Fargo. That show sounds weird enough. I'm like the one person who's like, the the original Fargo is like, fine, it's kind of mid. Um, But hearing all the weird shit that happens on that show, they just take it in such a different direction. Um, Yeah. I'm really it has nothing to do with the movie it's just called fargo <laughs> i only watched the first episode where it was everything to do with the movie but now it's fucking uh bill the baggins there uh and i was like this is awful why have they done this no it's great um, it's- seeing it's become like a weird anthology series and has got away from that makes more sense but it i assume you got to push through these start because it was just yeah because there's like there's like a period season and there's like destiny was telling me about there's like aliens maybe at one point yeah like i'm like what i I guess there's like a monster in the last season the last season took place in kansas city and it was about a black gang fighting (laughs) exactly (laughs) a a black gang fighting an italian gang and there's like a monster haunting some of the characters it doesn't sounds fucking cool it sounds pretty cool (laughs) this sounds like a coen brothers bit about like a, a, a fake director that is a, like um you know a kind of brother self insert would be bemusedly explaining that the, his movie got adapted into a tv show where there was a monster and two gangs fighting in a city that the show wasn't even named after <laughs> yeah the first season is the most fargo-esque and then like they really depart and and then like 
yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's really good. They always get really interesting actors and it's always a good time. I'm really excited for it to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was, I, when this, uh, this question came in, I was like, uh, when, came in, when you said that, I was immediately thinking, remember Cloud Atlas? Man, they got away with something there. <laughs> yeah, Cloud Atlas. Jesse was literally like, I, I want to say Cloud Atlas, but also I don't want to say Cloud Atlas because I want to have to talk about the weird racism of Cloud Atlas. Exactly. Like, Cloud Atlas is out there. I I like it, but it's really hard to defend, so I'm just not. <laughs> You can't defend it. That movie mm-hmm. fucking racist as hell. Yeah, I still like it. I think I think I still like it, but I haven't seen it in forever. So I haven't I... seen it since I saw it in the theater. But I remember yeah. thinking this is a great movie that no one's gonna watch because it's racist. <laughs> um, all, shout out to Fiona Duroff in uh, all the late Chucky stuff. Also. Yes, yes, and Jennifer Tilly as well. Yes. Uh good shit. Um, I wanted to say it at the beginning, and I this podcast has gone really long, so I'll be really short. I watched the Wednesday show on Netflix. This I'm not I don't know where else to put this. It's really good. I like here's the thing. I think it's like kind of like trite, and it's definitely trying to be a CW show in a way that's like boring, but um I think it's acted really well, and I just like seeing a goth girl be rude. You know, that's all you need sometimes. I like the Adams family a lot. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah um seems like it's really popular i don't know it's weird because like this show's getting a bunch of pushback on the like usual thing of like netflix says this show's really popular but don't actually release stats is it all fake and it probably is but i hope this show is popular and gets a second season because i would watch a lot of it uh and unfortunately there are only eight episodes um that's mm-hmm. all it's tim burton and he isn't obnoxious like every other tim burton thing very reined in tim burton i mean he's directing a tv script that he wasn't involved in i assume um i think he's like executive producer he's like involved in it uh if he's just executive producer and not created yeah, by true. then i'm saying he's not involved with it created by yeah alfred go miles miller yeah he directs like half the episodes though and like danny elfman's okay. there it's like you, you'd think it'd be more extreme than it is and it's mostly very restrained because mm-hmm. he directs uh yeah the first four episodes um i don't know it's just uh interesting he was part of the casting because I watched some making of stuff on YouTube and uh, he was he was helping with casting the show. So I'm pretty sure he was more involved than just a director. Man, I went in um, to the this got these like creators uh, the created by their uh, filmographies on Wikipedia. Yes. And this is a writing team that have had a hit and miss. I just think of that awesome Wells quote where he's like, you cannot tell anything about the quality of a screenwriter by the movies they've made. Stupid <laughs> thing to do. And they like, both worked on Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, Lethal Weapon 4, Herbie Fully Loaded, The Mummy 2 and The Dragon Emperor. Fucking up and down roller coaster of garbage to classics here. What's going on? I know people who, like, all of those movies you listed are, like, their favorite movies, but they're all, like, way younger than No, you than don't me. know anyone who loves Herbie Fully Loaded. Yes, you I don't. do. You I know. Yeah, that, that, that movie's been extremely person. reclaimed, yes. Oh, for real? For real. Yeah, yeah, for real. I saw it Um, in cinema, but I... My thing is that Lethal Weapon 4 has a baby Jet Li in it, beating the shit out of Mel Gibson, and you can do worse. (laughs) I think it must have been these two, because I don't remember if like. I don't remember the context of the clip, but I know I saw a writing pair talking about Lethal Weapon 4, so I assume it must have been these two. It was on some documentary or some clip I watched in my screenwriting class, and it was just them talking about, like, uh, you know, all it really is... You sit down with your writing partner and you go into work for a day and you just come up with stupid things to happen. <laughs> it's talking about like the process of how to pitch and write action set pieces and they just seem like the most broken men. <laughs> 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 it was very funny. Uh, yeah, fair enough. 
Um, okay, well, that's it. Um, that means that we get a surprise and Jackson tells us what the fuck we're doing next time. Uh, all right, I got a surprise for you. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Streets of Fire. Yo! Because <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing Streets of Fire. I love that movie. It's great. Em introduced me to that movie. I will talk about how I discovered that movie because it's not a long story, but it is uh, very much a moment in time uh, next time. But what's your question of the week? Uh, a question of the week is tangential to this, which is what's your like favorite movie that has a fraught to insufferable like cultural reputation or um, legacy or interpret that how you will. But I was thinking about how my only context of this movie is that the cover of the Proto, the Proto Man, Man second Man album, album. <laughs> is a direct riff on this this film's poster, yeah. uh, which is just so... The only way I've known about the movie Streets of Fire for like a decade has been through that reference. Wait, <laughs> repeat your question. Thing. Like, what's the question? Your favorite movie that has like a weird fraught, uh, either like legacy in culture, in, in like in like a Fight Club way or something, or oh. just like you came to it for something weird. But the original source is really good. The question is vague. Feel free to interpret that how you will. Yeah. Basically, good movies that have weird places in culture. Is, okay. I guess. Okay. Uh, the 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 easiest way to nail it down. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is presented by Fight Club and American Psycho. The yeah. question. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which well, I, those, not my answer we... at all, but you know. Yes. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Fight Club would field. have been my answer. Shit. <laughs> you can you can bring that up. I think you have cringier things you like than Fight Club Destiny. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they are off the top of my head. <laughs> Fight Club's not that cringy like Fight I feel Club's like at this point it's normal. I feel like it's had its moments moment is like decreased or whatever uh, yeah because everyone else, time happened <laughs> that's true um, that'll be good the copy of Streets of Fire I have I, I've had it literally longer than most files on my computer is uh, a HD DVD rip <laughs> <laughs> beautiful because the, the blu there was no Blu-ray it was the highest quality version that existed if you could kindly alt tap to that file and properties I want to see the date I want to know the date okay um, I'd love love to hear the date on this thing while I, I breezy vamp as you do this yeah no 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 it's fine I gotta just find out my movies folder but it should still be here I don't think I got rid of it it'd be really wow. sad if I got rid of it because I've had it for ages yeah, I was looking at the movies today, and I was like, I know if I pick this one, M's going to go, yo! <laughs> That's correct, I did go, yo. <laughs> um. Properties. This movie uh, was added. Uh, <laughs> this is from April 26th. Do you want to guess the year? 2015. 2010. I was going to say it was way before 2015, because it was before uh, you and I were dating. Yes. It's a new computer! I was going by when you got the computer! No, 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 this is this is a holdover from th three, two computers ago, at least. Download a newer copy that's better! I will, Jesus I will, Christ. I will, but <laughs> at the time, there was no better copy. It was this or a DVD rip. Yeah! 12 years ago, 13 years ago in two weeks or whatever. It's, a, it's an HD DVD rip. It's in 720. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Clean up your fucking computer. No, I, look, you are not allowed <laughs> to tell me that. Of all the no, people. I'm, so, I'm saying you give me shit all the time. And all little did I know you've been hanging out with a a copy of Streets of Fire that you downloaded while I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, where can people find you? At Fridge Buzz now on most places in the internet, and my other podcast, Badland Girls, can be found on abnormalmapping.com slash Badland Girls. Jackson, find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter and co-host and various websites. Uh, you can find the podcast that we and them do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being and co-host at em dash being. Uh, if you'd like to support our shows, you can do that at patreon.com slash normalmapping. For uh, $1, you get Great Gundam Project. We're about done with SD Gundam Force, which we're wrapping up in a couple weeks, and then we'll be starting Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, and uh, for $5, you get Blockbusters, where we're just about to record in a couple days our episode on uh, Saturday Night Fever. That was going to be right after this, but today's been a weird day um for ten dollars a month you get voip life where uh we hang out every two weeks and talk about some bullshit um i don't we haven't talked about movies on there in a while but there's some movie episodes it's a good it's a good podcast you want to support the network that's a great way to do it so um thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed please write in with your questions i guess i'll take them on twitter for those only not any other questions uh and, you won't uh, be happy about it as i, I won't be happy your voice I'm gonna, that. Give out. I'm gonna give out every time but I'll take the content. Um, thank you for listening to this extra long episode. Until next time, movies. Now more than ever. Don't expect to like it.